Penguins win a couple in a row, and then they come back down a little bit with a 6-0 blowout loss to the Los Angeles Kings on Saturday. To start the show off, I'm going to go into what really set Sidney Crosby off and just how the goaltending really let the Penguins down on this one by Casey DeSmith letting in a couple of softies, Dustin Tukorski coming in cold and letting in a bad goal. All that plus so much more is coming up on this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. You can visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Um, as you can see, I've done a couple of little things to my office. There's some stuff to the right side of here. Some stuff to the left and then right back behind me, for those that are on YouTube, wonderful photo of the Steelers winning the Super Bowl in 2009 and then a very classic OG 2009 photo featuring Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jordan Stahl, and <clears throat> Marc-Andre Fleury from, two, uh, from the 09 Cup Final. I've had that photo for a good number of years. I'm glad I was able to uh, fix it up a little bit, and tomorrow we're going to stack those with bookshelves. So this whole thing is really coming together nicely, but can tell you what did not come together nicely was the Penguins game against the Los Angeles Kings on Saturday, a 11 o'clock face-off because for some reason the LA Kings had to bring out the Stanley Cup for Dustin Brown, which is just ridiculous because this is a player who is not even going to sniff the Hockey Hall of Fame. I get it. Did very well for them when he was there. Brought them two Stanley Cups, but that whole ceremony was just felt <clears throat> kind of cringeworthy in some ways. That's like the Penguins doing, you know, He's not the captain of this team. Obviously, he's never been. He was, was never the captain of this team. But it's like the Penguins doing a ceremony for Chris Kunitz or something like that, and just doing it for like a 60, minute, 60 to ninety minutes. And that statue just looked really cringe. Faceoff starts eleven, and the Penguins <clears throat> they were ready to play. I thought they were forechecking well. I um, thought they were playing well defensively. They gave up a little bit of an early goal, kind of bad luck. But you know, towards the late stages of that first period, they're still they're trying to get some good chances, though they were kind of. Just put to the outside a little bit, but Casey Smith gives up a really bad goal after making a good save with only a couple minutes left, and you know it just spiral. It just you know spiral from there. They go down three nothing because of another bad goal in the second period. Justin Jokarski comes in, he gives up a little bit of a softy. Then at that point, it's four nothing. <clears throat> Game's over. So you know that, that just that's how it goes. Phoenix Copley at one end made the saves in the first period. Casey DeSmith did not, and yeah, <clears throat> there was a lot of talk on Penguins Twitter about, you know, should DeSmith be given that second and second start, right? And I'm not going into it. I was fine with it. I didn't really mind it too, too much. I kind of saw both sides to it. I, you know, part of me was thinking DeSmith was going to go again because he didn't get a lot of work um, <clears throat> against the Ducks, and he also had turned in two quality starts in a row. But also another part of me, a smaller part, it was just like, you know, this is a player who's never started back-to-back games. He's the backup for a reason. If you don't trust Dustin Dukarski to start in this game, you know, <clears throat> why did you sign him in the first place? You know, wh- why is he here? Also, I mean, you know, he's here obviously because Tristan Jarry served, but, you know, <clears throat> why are, you know, just what's the point basically is what I'm saying. And, you know, he had to come in anyway. 
he was ice cold, gave by bad goal again, made a couple of, you know, <clears throat> fine saves otherwise, but still his rebound control was lacking. I mean, the guy hadn't played in at least a couple of weeks. So, you know, definitely was rusty. But again, you know, you easily could have made the case, and I saw a lot of people doing it, that Tokarski should have started in that game against the Kings. He's the more fresh goalie. Just Smith banged you those points the next night. You know, maybe Mike Sullivan went into it late thinking, okay, I got to start to Smith in the first game because we got to bank those two points. You know, <clears throat> I, I don't really, it doesn't really matter who starts in this game because they're, we're just going to get killed just because the Penguins have only won two games on the second half of back-to-backs this season. So he probably just winged it, said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to start to Smith again. And, you know, sure, he paid the price for it because to Smith, you know, <clears throat> outside of that first goal, I didn't really like his game. Um, overall, I mean, the Kings were shooting 23%. So a, a lot of that <clears throat> was on goaltending, but I also will say this. <clears throat> Penguins, they did not play well after the first period. You know, they, they punched the Kings in the mouth a, a little bit. They were forechecking hard. They were getting decent chances. The power play was getting some good chances. Phoenix Copley was making some good saves, but <clears throat> they weren't able to crack them. And then once they exerted all of that energy in that first period, you know, the Kings had more of it because this was their first game in almost two weeks. They had to knock a little bit of rust off. Um, those fresh legs kicked into high gear while the Penguins were just gassed after playing a game um, less than 24 hours later. Th- those are such a tough back-to-back, especially after you, you beat a bad team like the Ducks. You go to LA, a team that is very good this season, a team that hasn't played in almost two weeks. Um, <clears throat> and I said this on my Twitter, this was kind of a scheduled loss. In my opinion, and I hate using that term because people will say like, well, that's just excuses and stuff. But sometimes games are scheduled losses. Look at the Washington Capitals. They went up to Boston, gave what? The Bruins their second home regulation loss of the season, something around those numbers. They had a really nice game against them. Come home less than 24 hours later, you're playing a bad Sharks team. They didn't even show up. They lost four to one at home. They looked like they were just going through the motions, wanting to get home to watch the Super Bowl with their with their teammates or their friends and family. So, you know, <clears throat> those kind of games happen <clears throat> to every team out there. It's just a shame that it happened after such a really good win against Ducks. Again, goaltending is partly to blame. I don't think Casey DeSmith and Tilson Dokarski did a good enough job. I also did not think the Penguins did a good enough job, you know, just getting to the high danger areas of the ice. They were being out um, outchanced in those areas, 13 to 5 about halfway through the second period, it ended up being uh, a bit worse if I have the number right here. Yeah, 16 to seven overall in terms of that for the Kings. The Penguins had the better of the shot attempts. Scoring chances were close to 50-50, but the Kings also had 63% of the expected goals. So in terms of the expected goals and <clears throat> high danger chances, the Kings were a lot better there and rightfully so. But, you know, again, this I said coming into this, guys, four out of six points. That's what I'm looking for. On the California road trip, that was my minimum. Beat the Ducks, check. Kings, you could have gotten it. Okay, you lost, you move on. You're still in a good spot in the wild card. Got the Sharks, you got the Sharks on Tuesday. Gotta win that game. I'm sorry. I understand the Sharks have been playing better as of late. Tampa Bay, they beat them down there. They just took Carolina to overtime before they beat the Penguins. They beat the Capitals down in D.C. They are giving a lot of good teams fits. And so it's definitely not a gimme game, but it's still one where you, I, you feel, I feel like you have to get the two points there in that situation before you go back to play the Islanders two out of your next three games. And of course the Devils as well. So that sums up part of my thoughts on that. 
Um, the Sidney Crosby thing, let's just jump into that real quick. It is very hard, I think, at this point in his career to really piss him off. There's a reason why he's never received a game misconduct. He never just mouths off to the officiating, doesn't really get into it anymore. You can say that he did early on in his career because he did. He was a whiner when he was 18 to 20 to 21 years old. <clears throat> what what person that age was not still whining? The guy's 35 years old now. And he got the misconduct. Garrett Rank is a garbage official who should probably not be working many other games this season. I think he stinks. You know, I know he was the ref that gave the Penguins nine power plays against the Devils, but he was also the ref that you know, just kept that entire game of special teams. And then this one was calling really ticky-tacky stuff, missing a lot of other things that were more blatant penalties. Um, he is an absolute garbage official. Um, just awful. Um, so when I saw Sid got the game misconduct, I, I turned it off at that point just because like, there's just no point in looking at it. So I turned it back on and I was seeing the replay and I'm like, what exactly did he do to get thrown out? I mean, he knocked off to the official a little bit, but you know, <clears throat> basically, I mean, Sid basically got cross-checked right in front. Oh, actually, no, that was not Sid. I believe that was Ricard Raquel. Um, I, I, I believe so. Yeah. It was, I mean, he got cross track right in front of by Mikey Anderson and actually, no, I believe, no, I actually, no, so I'm, I apologize. That was said they got cross track and Ricardo Raquel kind of just standing there, not really going to the defense of his captain. I'm not really super big on that. I understand other people are, um, but you know, and Sid hasn't, you know, he has a, a right to be upset about that. It's a blatant penalty that they, you know, it's just a joke that it shouldn't, you should have given the Penguins, um, a total, just a big power play in that instance, but Sid had to mouth mouth back to the ref and, you know, he ends up getting tossed and yeah, I mean, you, you see what happened there. Uh, Mike Sullivan is, I don't know if he was calling Garrett rank this or Todd McClellan, the LA Kings head coach, but let's just say he called him a D bag. Um, for those that are not familiar with that term, you can Google it yourself. I'm not going to say that word on the podcast here. I, he also used, he also dropped a giant F bomb before that, before, I'm um, saying F you uh, to McClellan or it was Garrett rank. He was not happy with that. And, and, and Sid, he didn't want to get fined after the game. He said, can I really say what I really think at this point? So he was not happy about it. You know, people are going to sit here and call him a crybaby and call him a whiner, blah, 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 blah. Do not even listen to those people. It is total garbage. I mean, 2007 is calling you back with the flip phones and the razors and all that. He's not a whiner anymore. I don't, I don't really that any of my attention but still very weird situation i don't know why he got a misconduct there was no reason to give him a misconduct there he was just you know standing up you know to the ref for what what, what happened with anderson he was not happy with anderson also he went up to him and exchanged a couple pushes uh, pushed and shoved him a little bit and you know his frustrations are definitely starting to show a little bit more as of late just because i think the team has been pretty inconsistent um you know he takes the playoffs very seriously and this streak. He wants to continue it. He wants this team to start playing more consistent hockey. So I understand why he is pretty fed up right now. So though those are my thoughts on the situation, why goaltending just, I think <clears throat> towards the end of the first period and into the early second period, the stage of the second period, why that I think just really screwed the Penguins in this game. Coming up in the second segment though, we are going to get into some practice notes and why finally, why finally, it looks like Tristan Jari will be making his long-awaited return on Tuesday against the Energy Sharks. But before we get to that, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking athletic beans because, you know, I didn't have time in the morning to work out and do stuff. I wanted more energy when I would wake up as well. 
I'm not really taking, I'm not really big on taking pills and vitamins in the morning. I also wanted something that tastes good. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. The special bending ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus on aging, all of those things. It's also lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It also supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It also costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Games also has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's also recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it's hard, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. And that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. <clears throat> to make it easy, Athletic Games is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network, excuse me, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Alan Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So <clears throat> Penguins practice today in Los Angeles before flying to San Jose. I believe that's only like an hour or two flight up there to San Jose, Santa Clara area where the 49ers play as well. And the Penguins got good news today on the injury front. Tristan Jari making his way back. Um, it sounds like, according to Josh Yoey, who was there, he said it looks perfectly fine, was taking the majority of the reps. That was confirmed by Danny Shirey, who was at practice. He said he was staying in one net while DeSmith and Tokarski were um, <clears throat> rotating in and out of the other. All signs point to the Penguins' number one goaltender returning on Tuesday against the Sharks. That is massive. Getting him back, hopefully having him stay healthy is so huge for the success of this team. He needs to stay healthy for the rest of the season. They just, they cannot rely on DeSmith and Tokarski, you know, to get them into the playoffs and then win them around. We all saw, we all saw what happened in the rain against the Rangers um, this last spring. So getting him back is massive. I'll have more on an update on him a little later on in the show with an interesting article from Frank Sarabelli with some trade targets that he has there and a little report about Jari, about what could be causing these latest injuries. That's coming up in the final second, so a little bit tease for you there. But Jan Ruda was also there. He is not going to play tomorrow, even though he's got a full practice, another full practice. I'm going to tell you why. So Jari can be activated anytime. All the Penguins need to do is send someone down because it's regular injured reserve. It does The cap does not matter with that. So with him, Tokarski will be sent down. Assuming Jari is going to go for tomorrow, which I think he will be, that will be the move. Now, if Jan Ruda was going to return tomorrow, the Penguins would have had to send both Tokarski down and probably someone like Drew O'Connor and put someone else on waivers because he's coming off long-term injured reserve. So the Penguins, you know, they with, with the Tokarski move, they'll have twenty uh, full 23-man roster. With Jan Ruda coming back, it'll be down to 22. So they'll have an extra roster spot. But because Ruda's on injured, long-term injury reserve, you know, they have to send someone. They have to put someone on waivers. It was looking like today it was going to be Mark Freeman, but right now he's day-to-day with an upper body injury. I do not have an update. I do not know where that injury really occurred. <clears throat> he finished the game um, on Saturday against the Kings, so I'm not really sure again with that. But 
you know, he can still be put on waivers and be sent down to Wilkes-Barre. Um, but they also could opt to maybe put Danton Heinen on waivers and have him be sent down as well. So to, in order to activate Jan Ruda after Tristan is good to go, potentially for tomorrow, the Penguins will have to send um, at least one player down to Wilkes-Barre and then put another one from the active roster on waivers. That's how that works. Um, I did not know that coming in today. You know, shout out Taylor Haas uh, for explaining that on her Twitter. She is so great with cat friendly and all that stuff. I am still, I, I feel like I'm very smart in a lot of things, especially when it comes to the sport. When it comes to part of the cap and cap friendly and stuff, I, I'm, I'm not a newbie, but I'm definitely not an expert like she is. So I'm really glad that she was able to point that out. And I can tell you all about it on the show. She is excellent uh, with that stuff. You know, it makes me smarter with it. That's for sure. Because again, I am not close to an expert with that on well, probably a lot of things um, as well. But that's why Jan Ruda is not going to be playing tomorrow. Um, earliest he'll probably come back is Friday or Saturday against the Islanders. Or the Devils. Lines were the same today. Gensel, Crosby, Raquel, Zucker, Malkin, Russ, McGinn, Carter, Kapanen, Paling, Bluger, Archibald, Dumoulin, Latang, Patterson, Petrie, but P.O. Joseph with uh, Chad Ruedel. Uh, Mark Friedman obviously took Ruedel's place in the last game. I thought that was the right call because uh, Friedman had a really good game against the Ducks. Ruedel has struggled a little bit at times this year, but you know, <clears throat> there's not really, I guess, too much of a difference um, between the two. But it looks like Ruedel will be in the lineup for that game against the Sharks. And then power play units remain unchanged as well. Crosby, Gensel, Raquel, Malkin, Latang, Carter, Russ, Zucker, Kapanen, and Petrie for power play two. Um, and again, you know, because Mark Friedman was not waived today, um, you know, he's hurt. So day-to-day with an upper body injury um, was not a maintenance day. Sometimes myself and likes to say that, um, but no, not a maintenance day for him. Uh, he is banged up. So, you know, a soul for a soul. Tristan Jari will be coming back. Mark Friedman gets hurt. Um, and then, you know, Jan Ruda will be activated here. Pretty soon, it's it's good that Friedman is usually an extra, but you know we're just about there for having the full team healthy. Knock on wood, <clears throat> at least. And you know that's really all I have in terms of practice updates for you all. I will say this: we can <clears throat> end the show with this little nugget from Frank Saravelli. We're going to get into the rest of it in the second segment here. Uh, the final segment, excuse me. So. Frank writes, the Penguins back end has been a mash unit with the injury suffered, but more concerning than that is the status of Tristan Jari, who has missed 13 of the Penguins' last 15 games with upper and lower body injuries. <clears throat> Here's the kicker. Those injuries are believed to be related to a chronic hip issue that has had a compounding effect on other injuries as he attempts to compensate it. He's also a UFA. When healthy, he's been outstanding with a 921 save percentage. The reliability and dependability are two of the biggest abilities when it comes to that position. Okay, that is the first time I have ever heard about a chronic hip issue with this goalie. I heard that he's had a nagging groin issue at times. I think that was what happened with the first injury. I don't know what the second injury was, but you know, it would make sense, you know, in a way, especially you know, if it was a hip, because you know the groin, you know, uh, you know yeah, it, it just you know it affects different things in the body. But, you know, it would also, I mean, would that explain the foot injury that he suffered against the Islanders? I, I'm not really sure about that one just because that was a freak accident when Anders Lee just barreled right into it and broke his foot. I think this has to do more um, <clears throat> with these latest two injuries, the first one being the groin, I think, which what I heard, and then the second one, um, I don't know. But, you know, that's scary if he has a chronic hip issue that is forcing him to miss a lot of these games. It's also just 
forcing a couple of injuries on his hand. And, you know, I actually had um, <clears throat> one of my followers reach out to me and say, the Josh Banks, who is great from Penguin Sword. And he even says, you know, as a goalie who has actually had four hip surgeries, I know all about this condition. You can play through it, but you have to stay super stretched out. But if he's got impingement, any random move can be bone bone on bone on bone, excuse me. And that hurts like just excuse my language there because i wonder if he's getting cornerstone shots so that makes it sounds like again i've never had any hip injury in my life i know you know people have had hip injuries of their own that makes it sounds like it is really painful to play through and you know it sounds like maybe the slightest of movements might be causing this so you know, I wouldn't be surprised every game i'm not a, i'm not a medical expert here i've never claimed to be you know <clears throat> is he getting a shot before every game to really just play through this and make sure that this is not causing other injuries. I mean, Mike Sullivan keeps saying like, oh yeah, he's making progress. He's making progress. I mean, people saying during practice that he looks good. He's making the right saves. His movement looks good. But again, <clears throat> is another situation going to flare up with him where he just gets hurt another week or two or something because his chronic hip issue flared up and it caused another in, um, injury in his body. That's what I'm really afraid of based off that report from Frank Cervelli. And, you know, that also goes into what happens with him after this season ends. Do the Penguins feel that he is the right guy to lead them for the next several seasons as a franchise goaltender? Because again, you know, the, the market for the goalies this summer, not good. Frederick Anderson's out there, but he has an injury concerns of his own. Outside of that, there's not a lot of good uh, starters out there. So, um, you know, if that, if that report from Cervelli is true, oh, they're going to have a big decision to make. When it comes to that, you know, that's, that's not good news. If, if he has a chronic hip issue, because you know that, that those are really tough injuries for goalies. So I'm going to end the second segment on that coming up in the final segment. We're going to dive more into Sarah Daly's article and some potential trade options that he has listed for the Penguins. I'm going to go over some of them that I have not gone over myself. And um, if that makes sense, and a look at some of the um, assets of the Penguins could give up that what he has as well. But before we get into that, we have to touch on FanDuel. Um, FanDuel, of course, which is the official sportsbooks partner of Locked On. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because do new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000? Again, that's bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just download the app right now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. So um, I don't follow the NBA too, too much anymore. I used to just back when I was, I'm a little bit kid. So I don't really have the best bets right now for you all. But, you know, if I had to make one for one of the games, um, I would say coming up, you know, now I would, you know, I would, you know, the wizards who have just been horrendous, this season, I would pick them to lose against who they're going up against. Uh, I think that's an easy money line slam dunk right there. Again, I don't follow the NBA as much as I used to, but I'm I'm, ho- I'm hopefully going to get more into it. I feel like if the Lakers had LeBron James back right now, I would put a little bit of a money line on them, despite them not being that good right now. But they also just did, did make a couple of really big trades that I'm hoping will get them back to the playoffs. Like they used to be my childhood team, um, and I'm hoping that they're able to get back because LeBron just broke the scoring record last week so congratulations to him plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on 
That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Emerson Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get into the rest of Sarah Valley's article here. So just goes into itself, like, you know, how do we get here? Deadline posture should be buyers. Yes. He thinks the top objective should be a second line scoring winner, scoring winner, excuse me. Um, and he does say the Penguins have to find a way to increase the productivity outside of Crosby, Malkin, and Gensel. Yeah, Frank, but Jason Zucker has been, I think, one of their best wingers. Brian Russ is starting to heat up. I don't know if they fully need a second-line scoring winger as their top need. I don't know how you can say that when Jeff Carter is eating third-line minutes for you every night and you don't have a good third-line center. I understand the need for it, but the top six is also loaded right now. I think anything more to the top six would just be a bonus. And then the second objective he thinks is a defenseman. He goes, at pure sense of the position, but not merely defenseman, the injuries to Latang and Petrie. Should the Penguins think about a way to beef up the blue line? Okay, again, <clears throat> I don't think they should be in the market for a defenseman. Uh, unless you're getting rid of Brian Dumoulin or something like that. But right now, they seem pretty set. Dumoulin Latang, Pedersen Petrie, P.O. Joseph, Jan Ruda, Chad Riedel's your extra. I don't think they're going to go out there and get another defenseman. I mean, as I'm going to get to in just a second, there's a couple options that he lists, but <clears throat> I just third line center, third line winger. You can even make an argument for second line winger. Those are fine, but I just don't see a need for a defenseman unless you're going out and getting Jacob Trickman. And it doesn't look like the Penguins are even in on that right now. Um, after that, he does have potential targets. He lists Timo Meyer. I've talked about him ex- um, exclusively on my show last week. They can definitely make that work, especially when it comes to, you know, all their picks. They can send back some cash in that deal. They can hopefully get the Sharks to retain a little bit. Yeah, I know he's due a massive qualifying offer. As Frank notes, it's $10 million, But he could be signed long-term because, again, he's a RFA after the summer. The Penguins are going to have cap space. He makes them better. You know, <clears throat> sure, he's been linked to Carolina and New Jersey, but why not the Penguins? Why can't they step in and try to go get Meyer? You know, that's a great vert. That's a great way for them to go all in. He also lists Brock Besser. You know, I know he's at an increased role. He's not a bad player. He'll be less expensive. You can probably get him first in a prospect, first on a roster player, something like that. Maybe even a second in a roster player. I don't know how, you know, far his value has fallen or risen. But again, you know, he's also doing a massive qualifying offer, I think, next season. Um, And, you know, he's just, he's kind of, he's fine, but, you know, I probably wouldn't have him on my top five list of targets. I, you know, that, that's just my opinion though. He, he does list Tyler Bertuzzi. That is a very Ron Hextall, Brian Burke player, a player that can put the puck in the back of the net very well, a player that is a good playmaker, a player that is a good defender. You know, his contract can be affordable if the wings were willing to take back some money. Um, also willing to retain some money. Um, you could put him on the third line. He would make a lot of sense seeing Tyler Bertuzzi maybe next to Kasperi Kapanen if maybe if he's not in the deal, seeing him next to you know maybe he can help amplify Jeff Carter up a little bit if he, if they want to somehow have him be the third line center which would be insane. Bertuzzi does make a lot of sense especially if Steve Eiserman wants to part with him as the deadline nears because the Red Wings are not going to be making the playoffs here. This team um, is too far out of the race at this point. The math is not good. They're getting a bit closer, but you know <clears throat> Bertuzzi does make sense when it comes to me. Then he lists the other two. Jake McCabe from the Chicago Blackhawks, he's probably going to go for a good, you know, he's going to 
he's going to get at least a first a prospect and maybe a roster player. <clears throat> I'm not giving that up for a second or third pair defender. Luke Shen, um, I understand that he played in Philadelphia under Ron Hextall was there. You know, sure, he would be low cost, but again, <clears throat> they don't need a defenseman in my eyes. Yes. They don't. I don't. I, I would put third line center as my top need. I would put, you know, a scoring winger for the second or third line is my second need. And then maybe a backup goaltender. If you're not confident in Casey DeSmith, then I would put a defenseman. I just don't see it as one of their top three things they need, especially when this decor is healthy. Chris Latang hopefully can stay healthy for the rest of the year. Jeff Petrie's just came back. Jan Ruda is coming back in the next week week or so. <clears throat> Pedersen's been having a good year. P.O. Joseph has really blossomed. He's been great lately. They don't need another defenseman right now. We also want to happen when they signed Jan Ruda over the offseason deal that you know you're looking at it right now. Do they really need that money on their on their cap? 2.75 million for three years when you easily could have just replaced him with Chad Ruedel or Mark Friedman. I mean, fine player. Don't get me wrong. He, I don't think he's been a detriment to the team this season, but <clears throat> could have allocated that cap to potential other scoring winner <clears throat> like Evan Rodriguez had to do it because again, that deal this summer, was just weird. I don't really know. I mean, that was kind of fine with that time, but then, you know, the more you think about it and the more you see some of the defensive of how they play this year and Ruda has been out like Charito, Mark Friedman, you know, P.O. Joseph has been in the lineup all year. Ty Smith's been in it. Do they really need to go out there and sign him during free agency when they could have signed um, another forward to make their bottom six better? No. Definitely, definitely a weird one, to say the least. And then he lists their trade ships, full complement of picks. Obviously, the Penguins have um, their first and second for the each of the next few seasons. He does list Kisbury Kappen with $3.2 million for one more year. Um he also lists Teddy Bluger. He does say, problem at the end, problem is many think Bluger is a guy who will help you win in the playoffs. Okay, well, with how the Penguins are playing, with how he's playing this season, I don't think he's going to help any team win the playoffs. Maybe the Penguins can sell someone on that. He also does list Owen Pickering, but I don't think he's going to be on the table for any trade. And then he does, does list goaltending prospect Joel Blumquist because they did trade Callie Klang last year. He said he's 21. He's put up solid numbers. And they finish lately. They have other goalie prospects, but Blum, Blumquist is the best. And he could fetch a nice return in the league. Star for goaltenders. Yeah, I would honestly would not be surprised if he's included in the deal just because they took a goalie in this in this past year's draft, and he looks like he's on a better career trajectory um, than Blumquist at this point. You know, that's really all Cervelli has in this article. Again, you know, my top objective is a third line center. My secondary objective is maybe a second or third line winger then a goaltender, and then a defenseman. I just, I look at the rumors where they say the Penguins are in on a, def- on a defenseman. I saw that with Dmitry Kulikov, and now Saravelli's putting in potential targets with um, Luke Shannon and, and Jake McKay. I just laugh. I just don't see it. You know, very, I could very well get old takes exposed with that. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't see it. I just disagree that they could use another defenseman at this point, especially when they're paying their defenseman, like, their defenseman a lot of money. Right now, but these next 18 days should be fun. Um, about two and a half weeks away from the deadline. We'll have to see if you know things start to heat up in, in Penguin Land. They got a lot of big games coming up to really see at this point. You know, can the Penguins do enough so Hextall wants to reward with, reward them, excuse me, with a trade? Heck, it shouldn't be about that. He should probably just make a trade because they need the help overall. But again, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast coming up for tomorrow's episode since the episode, since the game is so late, 10.30 start time on Tuesday. Yes, I understand. You cannot make it through a full game on a Tuesday night at 10.30 when you have work early the next day. 
you know, you are, you are fine in my book. You know, that's, that is late. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm honestly going to do it because I don't have work the next day until 11, but I understand that people want to go to bed before 11, 11 30 midnight on a Tuesday night with work the next day. But Penguin Sharks on Tuesday should be a fun game. I have a full PV episode coming out during the day for that one. So the Penguins try to get the revenge um, after losing to the Sharks six to four and was probably their low point of the season um, just before the All Star break. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Tuesday. I'll preview Penn Sharks before recapping that one on Wednesday. Talk to you all on Tuesday.